think it's fair to say that one of the most misunderstood passages in Scripture is 1 Peter chapter 3, in which Peter says, Wives, submit to your husbands. And if I've got your attention, stay tuned. We're going to have some clarity for you today. I'm John Fuller, joined by my focus colleagues, Aaron and Greg Smalley. And um, the two of you have been, I'm sure, around people that have totally misconstrued or misapplied that passage. Yeah, truly. I see this when when men use that idea of submission to control, to dominate his wife. I hear it like, no, I'm the one that has to make the decisions. And, and that is not on any level what what God meant when he's talking about submission. As a matter of fact, you know, submission isn't a blind or quiet obedience. I mean, Aaron has so many amazing gifts and talents. Her intuition is usually 99.9% spot on. Right. And, and th- that's how we make the best decision within our family is that, that we utilize her strength and my strength and we come together and make decisions based on both of us. Both of us matter. And so I, not to mention, never in the Bible is a husband told that it's your job to make sure your wife is submitting. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that is yeah, not... Quite, quite the contrary. Oh, Paul wrote that we're supposed to die for our wives. Right. I mean, that's yeah. Aaron submitting is between her and the Lord. That's her voluntary choice, and she needs to work that out with God. That's never my job to go, oh, well, you just need to submit. Mm. Never. <laughs> I mean, on many wow. levels, yeah, once open you, up quite I would a can get a smack here. upside my head. But <laughs> no. that's just that's not who I am. That yeah. That's not the role of a husband no, I appreciate that clarification. Yeah, and it's so important for, as a wife, to be so connected to God that I allow Him to guide my heart, to lead my heart to places, to keep my heart soft. And that's between me and God. And so I love what Greg is saying, that it's never a husband's job to demand submission because I know as a, as a wife that causes me to feel unsafe. Mm. Like I don't matter. And it can lead a woman to a place of bitterness and resentment. Granted that's between her and God. And if that's the case, I encourage any woman to go to the Lord and just ask, you know, help me to keep my heart soft. Show me what you want me to do in this situation. Lead me. Well, I so appreciate what you've shared there. And uh, let's go ahead and hear a little bit more about uh, these concepts. As Jim Daly and I spoke with Rosie McKinney, uh, she wrote the book Fight for Love, and I think you'll appreciate Rosie's insights. You describe the vital role Christian wives can play in helping their husbands uh, recover from this porn addiction, and you point to 1 Peter 3, which instructs wives uh, how to be a witness to their husbands. How does that apply? Great question. Why don't I read that? That would be great. Okay, so this is 1 Peter 3. In the same way, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that even if some disobey the word, they may be won over without a word by the way their wives live when they observe your pure, reverent lives. Okay, so it's definitely acknowledging that you need to submit to your husband. However, your primary submission is to God and that it's pointing to the fact that repentance can be brought through him observing your pure, reverent behavior. But let's just pause a little on that reverent part because there are different translations of the Bible and I got really, I get quite nerdy, I got really fascinated by digging into this word because in some translations it means respect. 
it says respect. And people have um, taken that to mean respect of your husband. So this raises the question for wives. Okay, so how do I draw a firm line in the sand against, against what he's doing and still remain respectful when I don't want to go along with what he wants me to go along with? And they wrestle with this tension. And I got, I got quite concerned because the word of God always clarifies and confirms. It doesn't confuse. Right. So I'm like, there must be something I'm missing here. There must be something. So a friend of my husband's from seminary, I contacted him. He's a professor at Liberty University. And I said, can you dig into the Greek for me? Mm. So that word, that reverent or respect, can also be translated in the King James Version as fear or actually to be the experience of being put in great reverential fear or terror. And I'm like, hang on a minute. So the wives are supposed to be experiencing great reverential fear or terror. But no, because Greek is a uh, inflected language, the words that are adjacent don't necessarily go together because you can tell by the affixes that they've got on the words. So actually, the in fear goes to him observing. So if you read it, when he observes in fear your pure behavior like Mm. wow so that changes everything Mm -hmm. that is actually scripturally saying that actually by you standing firm and obeying god and keeping yourself pure and obeying his commandments to flee from sexual immorality and not even lusting after a heart uh, a woman in your heart because now we know that women see that as an attachment rupture you can bring your husband to a place of being in great reverential fear. Just look what can be achieved by a, a wife, a God-fearing wife. This is really revolutionary stuff. And I just think women need to hear that God hasn't abandoned them. He hasn't forgotten them. He sees their tears. He sees their pain and how hard they've tried, how hard they've tried to push down that, that Holy Spirit instinct. And he's already provided a yeah. solution. He said, just follow me. Do what I say and I will do the rest. Look what it says. Those who um, are being disobedient to the word without a word, you don't have to persuade him. You don't have to convince him. Mm. You know, cease your striving, your nagging. Just focus on what the Lord is telling you to do, which is keep yourself and your family and your household pure and he will do the rest. Right. I mean, the summary of that is you, through your own godly behavior, put the fear of God into your husband. Mm. Bingo. Yeah. And I mean, some women will say, yeah, but I've been at that for years and he doesn't seem to fear God. Well, that's why I say you reach out to our community and you get surrounded by other women who can help you keep going, help you keep going and also educate you because you need resolve. It's really hard because Unfortunately, the reality is you're probably going to get pushback, not because he's a bad husband, not because he's mean and he wants to hurt you, but because he is enslaved to this demonic bondage. Let's call it what it is. And everything in him is fighting tooth and nail to preserve his supply because it's the only thing that helps him cope with his internal feelings. Greg and Aaron, Rosie highlighted the importance of how wives who have been betrayed need some community around them to support them and encourage them. You two have been pretty open, very open, in fact, about uh, your own story. And I wonder what role community played in the restoration process. You know, it's so important to have same-sex friends stand side by side with you in this process of recovering from pornography, pornography use. And I know for me, just having other women standing by me, reminding me who I really am 
and speaking truth over me. Even this morning, I went to prayer group and I, there were four women there who we pray together every single Monday morning. And I'd had a hard morning by 8 AM. I had had three different texts messages that were just bothersome and it so felt I like apologize already for sending those <laughs> it felt like the enemy just trying to nag me and just irritate me and i was like by the time i walked out to go to prayer i was like Ugh, i just want to get back in bed and i got to prayer and we listened to praise and worship music and we pray and i was i mean i can be honest and vulnerable there just walk in and go hey this morning has been hard mm. all this happened already and it's 8 a.m and just having those women stand by me, pray for me, speak truth, quote scripture, pray scripture over each other. I mean, it's just such a powerful, powerful thing. And we need it, whether it's recovering from a spouse utilizing porn or, you know, having a hard morning. You know, for me, really what was powerful in, in our recovery process, because, I mean, this is what Aaron and I went through. I confess that that I was struggling with pornography in having guys and really having couple friends because because mm-hmm. a lot of of our friends who were instrumental in this i mean these were friends of both of ours but just having guys that that were encouraging to me just hearing their stories it made me feel normal hmm. like i wasn't some weirdo or the only one dealing with this so that was it, was it was so encouraging to hear their story and how they've kind of walked that journey where they still struggle or kind of how it's impacted their marriage that was huge, that kind of support, you know, and then just the wisdom, the advice, again, from others and how they've handled this and, and just the way they came around Aaron and I and just loved on us. Also remember how important it was as kind of in our own recovery to, to have this group that we could also go out and have some fun with. Because I, I, I know that there have been times where groups have formed purely out of accountability. And let's just share everything that's going wrong and let's just keep each other accountable. And I think it also needs to include some time where we get away and we laugh and we play and we have fun. That really bonds us together. So I think in addition to being willing to share the, the ugly part of what we go through and in areas where we need help, also having some, some good times together that really created such strong community. And mm. like Aaron was saying, I mean, that's just, we look back and they're, that group of friends, such a big part of our own story in recovery from yeah. this. Yeah, it's hard to imagine going through some of the challenges and struggles in life all by ourselves. Right. I think God created community to help us uh, make it through those moments. Uh, I want to point out a tremendous resource we have here. It's another podcast that uh, Focus on the Family offers, hosted by Greg and Aaron. It's called No Porn Marriage, a whole series dedicated to helping those who are struggling. Uh, It offers ideas on how to get on the road to recovery beyond what we've heard today. And we're going to link over to No Porn Marriage in the show notes. If you do need help, in this uh, part of life, either because you're addicted to pornography or you're recovering from that or you're a spouse affected by it, uh, please get in touch with us. Our phone number is 800, the letter A in the word family. Uh, Just ask for a free consultation with one of our counselors and we'll set that up for you. Again, it's free and our number is 800, the letter A in the word family. Next time, we'll hear from Dr. Randy Schrader about how simple adjustments, taking only a few minutes, can have a lasting impact on your relationship. 
For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.